Welcome back to the Third and Long Podcast after another great week of NFL football. I am your host, Tyler Errett, and I've got a ton to get into today. I'm going to discuss the LA Chargers and Miami Dolphins game and what this means for the AFC playoff push going forward. I also talk about the Philadelphia Eagles blowout win over their rivals, New York Giants. Tyler's top 10, of course, and I went two for three on my third and three picks two weeks ago. Did I bounce back and go three and three this past week? We're going to find out to cap off today's episode on the third and long podcast. Let's get started. The LA Chargers, man. My Super Bowl team, my surprising team is in this, my surprising Super Bowl pick, I should say, is currently the seventh seed in the playoffs if the playoffs started today. It's been an up and down season for this team, not having Keenan Allen and Mike Williams for most of the season playing together. Multiple offensive linemen starting, uh, multiple offensive linemen are out. No Joey Bosa, no JC Jackson, and yet. They still are in the playoff mix with a winnable schedule their final four games. But this game on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins, although I am not a huge fan of Brandon Staley and their offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, they cannot uncoach the talent that the Chargers have, especially on offense, when they are all on the field in terms of Justin Herbert and his weapons more specifically. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams combined for 208 receiving yards and a touchdown on Sunday night. That is a kind of game where you should allow Justin Herbert to throw for 50 times and succeed. I've talked about it in recent weeks. Joe Lombardi making the majority of the offensive play calls because Brandon Staley is more of a defensive-minded coach, yet Justin Herbert is throwing the ball 50-plus times a game. When they don't have the right receivers playing. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams more specifically. The Chargers played the short game for most of the part. Uh, Not doing many big plays. Eating the clock. Dink and dunk plays. Keeping Miami's offense off the field. For as long as possible. And it worked. I actually think this game was a pretty well coached game. By Brandon Staley and Joe Lombardi. And I think that's a big reason why they won, because Mike McDaniel is such a smart offensive mind head coach. They kind of had to adjust a little bit. And it really and it worked. The Chargers' time of possession was just under was about 20 minutes more than Miami's time of possession. So they had the ball for so much longer than the Dolphins. And that's kind of what their goal was, because the Dolphins are known to big plays, having Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, keeping them off the field more and trying to just continue more of a zone coverage, not bringing too much pressure on Tua, and just making sure that Tyreek Hill doesn't go for the long, go for the long ball. Then it, it worked. They watched a lot of they they had to have watched a lot of tape from the San Francisco game because it was almost like I was watching that again. The Chargers were nine of eighteen on third downs. If not for a botched fumble return by Tyreek Hill. I think the 23-7 victory would have been bigger, to be quite honest. I think that game looks closer than it really was. And the time of possession is a really good point to look at to show that this game wasn't as close as the score says. Even with the Chargers injuries, even with the coaching issues, they are just, they're just so talented. And I think Justin Herbert is a top 10 quarterback in the league. And when he plays at his best, he can be a top Six, seven quarterback in the league when he plays at his best. Herbert's last three games, he's completed 70% of his throws, 
976 total passing yards, five touchdowns, zero picks, and 100 quarterback rating. They've won two of three games in that span. And that was without Mike Williams for two of those three games. They did have Mike Williams back against the Dolphins, but those two previous games, no Mike Williams. I really love this team. I think this team has Super Bowl potential. And after two games on the road, they held Miami to just 17 points, tied for the second lowest total points scored this season by Miami. And this wasn't San Francisco's defense either. They had backups in on the secondary. J.C. Jackson's out there using backups of J.C. Jackson, backups of the front seven, um, filling in for Joey Bosa. This team came to play despite the injuries, despite the shaky coaching at times. Justin Herbert is a leader, and with that offense and with how that defense played, this is a playoff team. And honestly, they have the excuses as to why they may not be in the postseason. It, it's the injuries. It is the injury. It's clear. It's clear as day. They haven't had Joey Bosa all year, J.C. Jackson for a big chunk of the season. Mike Williams and, and Keenan Allen haven't played together for a big chunk of the season. Multiple offensive linemen, starters on the offensive line, are out for the rest of the season. And yet the Chargers are still winning games. They're 7-6. and six, And if the playoffs started today, they are in. And I think this team can make it to the playoffs. They're going to get a little healthier. And they're gonna, I think they're going to heat up at the right time and make it to the playoffs. My Super Bowl team, the LA Chargers. I cannot stress that enough. I love it. I love this team. As for the Miami Dolphins, the Dolphins will be a playoff team. They've, been, they've struggled the last couple weeks. Um, they've lost their last two games, 8-5 and five right now. They're still sitting pretty in the AFC playoff race. They're still a good team. Don't get me wrong. Still well coached, great weapons, good front seven. Solid offensive line, but they have slightly have they they they've slightly been exposed these past couple weeks. The run game wasn't working on Sunday, and other than Tyree Kill's one deep touchdown, he was pretty quiet for a big chunk of the game, and he was visibly frustrated for 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 some of the game too. He was just not getting separation, whoever was defending him. Like he was just not getting good separation. I think NFL defenses are starting to know how to cover the Dolphins offense a little bit and stop the Dolphins offense. Teams like the Chargers definitely had, they had to have watched tape from the 49ers game. Although the 49ers have the most talented defense in the league, they can still see what other teams need to do, need to adjust defensively to stop an offense that was one of the best, it still can be one of the best in the league. And the Dolphins have a tough final four games. And this is this time, late in the season, final five, six weeks of the season, when teams are starting to figure out offenses. There's just more tape, more games to watch. And how head coach Mike McDaniel will adjust, how he can change his weekly game plan to throw off well-coached teams like Buffalo, the Patriots, the Jets. These are teams that the Dolphins play their final, I believe, four weeks. They also play Green Bay. Green Bay has been struggling this season, but they're not an easy out either. It's never an easy out with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. These final four games, I think, will be a testament to Mike McDaniel and especially the Dolphins' offense. And I still think they can make the playoffs. I still think they can go 10-7 and and, and be a wild-card team. And I think they can win a playoff game. But Tua Tagovailoa needs to learn how to play better under pressure and when everything just isn't going right for him. Adversity. He needs to play through 
more adversity. And this is the first time, through at least for Tua, because Tua was out, you know, for I believe three games earlier in the season. The Dolphins lost three straight without him. Clearly, they needed Tua to win games. Now that Tua is starting to lose a couple games, starting to get shaken up a little bit, he really needs to adjust with his head coach and figure out what they're going to do when they play a pretty tough schedule their final four games, including three, all three division rivals where the coaches are Robert Sala, good coach, Sean McDermott, good coach, and Bill Belichick, one of the best coaches of all time. And the Bills, Patriots, and the Bills and Patriots are heating up. They're heating up. So the Dolphins really need to make a second half of the season adjustment. And I think they can. And I do think they can. I think Mike McDaniel's a smart coach. I think he will get it done. I do think the Dolphins will be in the playoffs, but they were a little bit exposed on Sunday to the Chargers and more exposed against the 49ers two weeks ago. So it'll be interesting to see how they play out these final four games. All right, moving on to a team that hasn't showed many flaws this season. Philadelphia Eagles. I was high on the Eagles in my preseason predictions. If you don't believe me, go check out my podcast from September, uh, my preseason prediction podcast I did in early September. Uh, I do not believe that the Eagles are frauds. At 12-1, I think Jalen Hurts is the MVP frontrunner, as he should be. Um, if not, Patrick Mahomes is a close second. If not, Jalen Hurts is a close second to Patrick Mahomes. We can go back and forth all day about who should be MVP frontrunner. Either way, Jalen Hurts, MVP frontrunner. They're 12-1. and one. They're looking like a Super Bowl team, in my mind. But when I watch them, they look like they can win the Super Bowl. Now, although the Giants are 7-5-1, and one, and they were 7-4-1 prior to this week's loss, I really don't think the Giants team is as good as their record shows and I get the Giants they've been plagued with some injuries as of recently and I do like Brian Dable as a head coach but I really don't see them as a playoff team and if they do sneak into the playoffs I do think they're a wild card out team kind of deal um, but the Giants they're not they're they can be a good team just good not great but when it's a team that is been surprisingly good this season and is a division rival, really well coached. There was the Giants' second straight home game. And the Eagles went to their home stadium and absolutely wiped the damn floor with them. It was 24-7 at halftime. Final score was 48-22, to man. Like, that's not easy to do. Yeah, the Giants aren't the Chiefs. They're not the, they're not the, uh, they're not the Bills. They're not the, the Bengals. They're not the Cowboys, even. But this, that wasn't easy to do. It wasn't. Not to mention that Jalen Hurts threw for 217 yards, two touchdowns, had 77 more rushing yards, and another score on the ground. Not to mention that Miles Sanders had 144 rushing yards and two touchdowns. But for that defense to sack Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor a combined seven times and holding Saquon Barkley to his second lowest rushing total of the season is damn impressive. This team is this team is so good all around. Is like it was against a tough division opponent. This is a tough rivalry. These teams do not like each other. I was when I was watching the game, especially early on, it was more physical than most games I've seen this season. Like these teams do not like each other. NFC East rivalries are very, very intense. And Philly did 
everything that I just mentioned, what else can I say? I had them going, I, I forget the specific record. It was 14 and three or 13 and four, one of the two. And yet they've exceeded my expectations. They look absolutely amazing. The Eagles are third in total offense, second in total defense. Really after that, what else more do you, can you say? They're first in the league in points per game, first in total sacks and interceptions. Both sides of the ball, they're great. Jalen Hurts leads the league in passer rating, has passed up to a tag of Iloa after he's had a couple rough weeks. They're top three in the league in rushing. They even got a good kicker. Jake Elliott's a good kicker. I like him. I've had him in fantasy football before. He's a good kicker. There's nothing wrong with this Philly team. They're well coached. They're very talented on all sides of the ball. Am I saying that if the Chiefs came up to the you know the Eagles and were like, hey, we'll give you Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts, would they say no? Probably not. But either way, this team all around is one of the best teams in the league, and Jalen Hurts is playing MVP level right now. And what even makes the Eagles greater, they have the best record on the road this season. They're 6-0 on the road. They're 6-0. Have all of their wins been pretty? No, they never are. But they're first in the league in total points scored, seventh in the league in total points allowed. They're the best team in the NFC. 49ers are a close second. I still think the Eagles are better. They just really don't have a flaw. Now, how will they be in the playoffs? Who knows? I get I've had them at number one for a big chunk of the season, Tyler's top 10. I know that in Jalen Hurts' one playoff game was abysmal. Nick Sirianni's one playoff game was abysmal last season against Tampa Bay. But as of right now, new season, new offseason, new team, new players, another year working with Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni. Jalen Hurts is a natural-born leader. I love it. I love his leadership. I, I really love everything about this team. Like, this team has exceeded my expectations, even though I had them going, or I had them as the number one seed in the NFC prior to the season, or a second seed. Well, first or second seed. I, I forget which one. Um, now, how will, they, how will they be in the playoffs? How will they be in there, assuming they, they get the first round by... How will they be in the division around the playoffs? Who knows? Who knows, right? Baltimore went 14-2 and um, a couple years ago. They lost in the first round of the playoffs. Who knows? Or, or their first playoff game, I should say, in the divisional round. Who knows? But this team is an absolute unit. As of today, I think they're the best team in the league. And that pounding against an interdivision rival, New York Giants, who's already who is a good team, was an absolute statement. And the Eagles go to... Chicago, who's gotten a groove offensively. Dallas Cowboys, who have Dak Prescott back. The New Orleans Saints, and then the Giants again. This isn't the easiest four-game stretch, but I can still see them going 4-0 the rest of the season. Like, I can see them at 16-1. Will it happen? Likely not. They could rest, they could rest players in their final game against the Giants, maybe. Cowboys are are not an easy out. The Bears have a good offense. You never know. But this team is legit. And every week when I watch them, I find it hard to find something that I dislike about this team. All right. Coming up after this message, Tyler's top 10 third and three picks. I'll be right back. This episode of the third and long podcast is sponsored by Deal Block. Deal Block is a reusable gym bag deodorizer unlike anything currently on the market. 
DealBlock actually deodorizes spaces with the use of plant-based refill pods and essential oils that last for 30 days. After you have the block itself, all you need is those amazing scented refills. DealBlock can also be customized with any logo, which makes it a great giveaway or resale opportunity for gyms, colleges, and corporations. Make sure you check them out at DealBlock.com and use code THIRD. That's 3RD for $5 off your order. Again, visit DealBlock.com to get your revolutionary deodorizer in your hands today. All right, welcome back to the Third and Long Podcast, where it is time for Tyler's Top 10. I have a new team. I think this is the first time that they've ever reached Tyler's Top 10 list. Um, I shouted them out as an honorable mention a couple weeks ago. And this team has quietly been one of the hottest teams in the league the last two months. And that team is the Washington Commanders. A little surprising, I know, but that's right. I have the Washington Commanders at number 10. I have them over teams like the Titans, Giants, Lions, Seahawks, Chargers. Listen, the Commanders are 6-1-1 their last eight games. They've handed Philadelphia their only loss, and the Commanders haven't lost on the road in over two months. Taylor, quarterback Taylor Heineke's numbers aren't spectacular, but his mobility and essentially better decision-making is a clear upgrade over Carson Wentz. They're only allowing 16 points per game over their last eight games. That's where the defense is heating up a little bit. Ron Rivera, that head coach Ron Rivera, that's where his his specialty is starting to come together. Washington's defense two years ago when they were the Washington football team, not a great offense. Ron Rivera's defense got them to the playoffs. With the, with, with the offense heating up and the defense finally getting a little healthier, getting in motion, they're looking like a top 10 team. The Commanders are fourth in the league in total yards allowed per game this season. I think they go out and they beat the Giants at home this week and take a commanding lead on the NFC's sixth playoff spot. No pun intended. I got the Washington Commanders at number 10. All right, number nine. I'm keeping the Dolphins at number nine. This is a team that has had a hot start, but they have disappointed the last two weeks. I talked about them earlier on today's episode. Uh, The Dolphins were held to just 17 points the last two weeks. And although one of those games was against San Francisco's defense, they lost to the Chargers' backups, essentially, on defense on Sunday. That's not a great look. Tua had one of the worst starts to a game I've ever seen from a quarterback. I believe he started the game, I think it was 3 of 14, 3 of 15, something close to that. I still like their weapons. I still like their front seven. That's why they're hanging on Tyler's top 10 this week. They still have the ability to run the ball when they can. They can still make the big play on offense. They have a good front seven. Right now, I'm keeping them at number nine. They have a big divisional matchup against Buffalo against a Buffalo team that has won four straight. I'm curious to see how Tua Tagovailoa and new head coach Mike McDaniel responds. I have them at number nine for now. Miami Dolphins at nine. All right, number eight. I have the Minnesota Vikings. I don't. Th- I honestly don't think the Vikings want to be on Tyler's top ten man at times. Like that defense struggled against the Lions. Really, they really struggled on Sunday. Two of the Lions' three touchdowns came from over 40 yards. Running back Dalvin Cook was held to just 23 yards on the ground with only one and a half yards per carry. They and the Vikings' defense did not sack Jared Goff once. I went a little bit back and forth. Run game struggled. Front seven struggled. Secondary struggled. It overshadowed Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson's career days. Kirk Cousins went 31 of 41. Threw for, threw for 425 yards and two touchdowns. 
Justin Jefferson had 223 yards on 11 catches, man. That is a great offensive performance, and yet they couldn't cap off a win. They lost by two scores to the Lions. I still think the Vikings team is still good. I don't think they're frauds in particular because I don't consider them a Super Bowl contender. Um, they're dead last in the league in pass defense, which is an absolute recipe for disaster when you're going up against a team like Detroit. However, they're still 10-3. and three. They've had some impressive wins this season. They still play like a top 10 team most of the time. Um, Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson played absolutely sensational on Sunday. They should bounce back the next two weeks playing the Colts and Giants at home. I have them at number eight towards the bottom of my top 10 for now. Keeping an eye on teams like the Dolphins and the Vikings. I have the Vikings at number eight. At number seven, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Look, they're winning without their star quarterback. Lamar Jackson has, has, has been out with an injury. They're still winning games. That's got to count for something, right? Even, if, even though it hasn't been pretty. Like this is a top, Tyler's top 10 teams, not Tyler's top 10 quarterback player, how they win, right? They're winning games despite their injuries. They're like the Chargers, but, but better. They're still atop the AFC North. They have the tiebreaker over Cincinnati right now. They're both 9-4. and four. Um, Although the Ravens have only scored 26 points the last two games, they held the Broncos and the Steelers to just 9 and 14 points. That defense is what's putting them so high on my top 10 list. It's impressive. It's very impressive. Look, their defense, since trading for Roquan Smith, which I talked about a few weeks ago, back when he was traded, right? I think he was a big piece that the Ravens needed to become a playoff contender in the AFC. And since trading for Roquan Smith, which was in week nine, they've allowed 13.4 points per game, second in the league, third in the league in yards per game allowed, first in the league in in rushing yards allowed per game. And they're tied for first and third down percentage, which is under 30%. Look, that defense is so underrated and so underappreciated. It's just, that that's a big reason why they're number seven, is their defense. Now, going back to the offense, though, running backs J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards were great on Sunday. They combined for 186 yards and a touchdown on the ground, despite their offensive injuries, especially at the wide receiver position. That defense has still gotten it done the last couple weeks when the offense can't get much done. This team will get healthy. And if they continue to win a bit without Lamar, I say rest him until he's good to go to the postseason. Their next three opponents are Cleveland, Atlanta, and Pittsburgh. I think they can easily win two out of those three games without Lamar. Bring Lamar back week 18 against Cincinnati for the division. I can I, I can see the Ravens still. I don't think the Ravens are going to collapse like last season. Very nice shot by John Harbaugh adjusting, playing without Lamar Jackson, which he didn't adjust to very well last season. Although I gave him some heat early on in the season, he's been doing well. I have the Ravens at number seven. All right, number six. I'm keeping Dallas Cowboys here in the top six. A bit of a scare against the Texans, but a win is a win. And they're still a very talented team all around. The the Cowboys have won four straight, and they've won six of seven. And although Dak statistically has not been perfect, he's been accurate this past month. Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott continue to be a dynamic running back duo. The defense has only allowed 30 points once this season, and they've allowed the third least points total this season, 
only behind San Francisco and Buffalo. This team, while I don't think can win a Super Bowl, I really don't think they're Super Bowl contenders. I think they can win a playoff game, maybe two. Um, I have them at six. They definitely have improved since last season. They're still winning. I got to give them credit where it's due. Cowboys at number six. All right, number five. I got the Buffalo Bills moving on in the top five. Josh Allen hasn't been the MVP level player that many people thought he would be this season, but they still continue to win games. The defense is allowing only 17.5 points per game their last four games. Josh Allen, although hasn't put up MVP-like numbers, he hasn't been too crazy with the ball either. He only has one pick in their last four games, and the run game has been a bit more consistent with Devin Singletary and James Cook. Like I always say, if the Bills can run the ball efficiently other than Josh Allen, they are a top-five team in the league when Allen doesn't have to play hero ball week in and week out, and they haven't really had to have Allen do that really since the since the Vikings game, honestly, and and it's worked out well for them. I got Buffalo at number five. It was a good win this past week against the Jets. It was a good win. At number four, I got the Kansas City Chiefs. I may have them a little low, but the defense allowed 28 points to a Broncos team that had only scored over 20 points twice all season. I don't even think they've scored over 25 points this season until this past Sunday. Patrick Mahomes had three interceptions and almost blew a 27-0 lead. Um, although he's made some, he made some Patrick Mahomes-like throws, they scored when it mattered. They won when it mattered. The Chiefs, of course, are still a Super Bowl favorite. But that secondary isn't getting any... I say it every week. That secondary isn't getting any better, and that can become a problem in January. Uh, I have the Chiefs at number four. All right, number three. I got San Francisco at number three. Jimmy Garoppolo, Brock Purdy, Tyler Errett. Doesn't matter who starts a quarterback. They find ways to win and dominate all over the damn football field. Since the 49ers lost to Kansas City, or I should say back-to-back losses with Atlanta and Kansas City, the 49ers are 6-0, only allowing just over 10 points per game in that span. Brock Purdy, in his first two career starts, he's 41-58, 395 passing yards, four touchdowns, a pick, and he even ran one in on Sunday against the Buccaneers. They beat the Dolphins and the Buccaneers, two teams that aren't easy to beat. High-powered offense, in Miami, and you played against a GOAT, Tom Brady. Not an easy feat. This team is so scary, and I really do believe San Francisco can win the NFC with Brock Purdy at quarterback. I think they can, and I'm sticking with that. If they don't, oh well. But Shanahan, or head coach Kyle Shanahan, is just that smart. The roster all around is just that good on offense, defense, special teams. doesn't matter. San Francisco at number three. All right, number two. I got Cincinnati Bengals still at number two. Who day? Who day? Who day's won five straight? Joe Burrow is quietly becoming an MVP candidate. He's thrown for 27 touchdowns to nine interceptions and has a quarterback rating of 102.4 this season. And he's completed 68% of his throws. He continues to be accurate. Starting last season, he was very, I think he threw for 70% completion percentage last season. And he's keeping up that momentum this season. Uh, Joe Burrow has only been sacked a total of six times the last five games. The Bengals' offensive line is improving. Jamar Chase is back. They won despite losing Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins last week. Joe Mixon and Samaji Perrine are an absolute duo at the running back position. 
This team is one of the best teams in the league. I have the Cincinnati Bengals at number two. Who day? Who day? And at number one, and then there's Philadelphia. Yeah, I keep them at number one. Um, they're top three in offense, top three in defense. They continue to win week in and week out. They continue to win convincingly week in and week out. Jalen Hurts is, MV- is an MVP frontrunner. Nick Sirianni is becoming one of the smartest head coaches in the league. The team is absolutely so talented. Devontae Smith, um, A.J. Brown. They're going to get Dallas Goddard back. If not, I believe this week against Chicago. If not, they will have him back before the postseason. The defense has been great. Special teams have been great. Really no issues. I got Philadelphia at number one. And to recap, Tyler's top 10 for this week. Number 10, I'm keep, I've got the Washington Commanders for the first time in Tyler's top 10. Welcome to the list. Number 9, I got Miami Dolphins. Number 8, Minnesota Vikings. Number 7, Baltimore Ravens. Number 6, Dallas Cowboys. Number 5, Buffalo Bills. Number 4, Kansas City Chiefs. Number 3, San Francisco 49ers. Number 2, Cincinnati Bengals. And number 1, Philadelphia Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. That is Tyler's top 10 list for this week. All right, it's time for third and three picks today. Last week, I went three and oh. My Chargers upset the Miami Dolphins. I am now 22 and 14 on the season, dating back to week two. Once again, if you're not familiar with my third and three picks, I pick three games each week, one game a lock, uh, which is a game that I just think the team is just going to convincingly win. Uh, my upset is a team that isn't favored to win this game based on the line that I think will win, and a bounce-back game. A team that lost the week prior that I think is going to win this week. So, my lock for this week, Philadelphia Eagles go to Chicago to play the Bears. Um, It's supposed to be in the 20s in snow, which normally I think would give certain teams problems, especially with the way the Bears offense has been playing um, late in the season with Justin Fields. Um, But the Eagles play in the cold, so they're used to it. There really isn't no, I don't think there's really any reason that the Bears would, would come, out, come out on top against the Eagles. My lock is, is Philadelphia over the, the Bears. Um, Eagles keep rolling for that number one seed. Bears keep tanking for that number two overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. All right, my upset pick this week, I got the Jacksonville Jaguars over the Dallas Cowboys. Listen, Jacksonville has been feisty these last few weeks. Um, they dropped 36 points against the Tennessee Titans. They did get blown out by the Lions. However, they did upset Baltimore just a few weeks ago. They're a little inconsistent, but when they're on, they're playing well. And Dallas just had a scare against a lowly Houston Texans game. They just played the the Cowboys just played three straight home games. Now they're going to Jacksonville. Jacksonville's ramped up. They're only two games behind the Titans for that AFC South title, possibly. This is a must-win for the Jaguars. I think they're going to get the upset over the Cowboys. The line for that game currently, I actually didn't write down the line. Let me check really quick. The line for that game is only plus four. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if, if Jacksonville takes that, honestly. So I got Jacksonville Jaguars over Cowboys for my upset pick this week. And for my bounce-back game, Minnesota Vikings are playing the Indianapolis Colts. Since Jeff Saturday's head coaching debuted against the Raiders, um, they haven't been very good. They haven't scored above 20 points since that game against the Raiders. Um, The Vikings, although coming off a bye, they have to go to Minnesota. I just think Minnesota completely outmatches 
the Colts all around. Um, the Vikings, like I said earlier, they do have the worst pass defense in the league. However, the Colts have one of the worst passing offenses in the league, essentially. Matt Ryan just has not been very good. Jonathan Taylor, although at times he's been well, he has played well. He hasn't been this, the offensive line hasn't been the same as it was last year. Um, Jonathan Taylor has regressed a little bit. What Minnesota can do well on defense is stop the run. I think Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson will have another great day against the Indianapolis Colts. So I got Vikings over Colts on my bounce back game. Just to recap really quick, my lock this week, Philadelphia Eagles over Chicago Bears, upset Jacksonville Jaguars over Dallas Cowboys, bounce back game of the week, Minnesota Vikings are going to bounce back against the Indianapolis Colts. All right, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Third Long Podcast. If you haven't already, if you haven't heard already, I am now on Apple Podcasts. So if, and if you haven't already, please leave a review on this, whether it's a five-star, one-star, four-star. I do not care. I appreciate the feedback. It's that time of the year again where there are three NFL games this coming Saturday. Enjoy those games this weekend. I know I will. Thanks again for listening. Have a great weekend, guys.